Welcome back. This is the Soundtrack Strikes Back. I'm Jazz and I'm here today with Gemma. Hi. <laughs> Once again, um, we did a podcast a few weeks ago, oh, quite a while ago actually. It's been almost probably a month now. Yeah. We were talking about um, animation and um, Gemma's job as a sound editor and basically near the end of the podcast, we realised that we were talking a lot about Disney and when the podcast was finished... I said to Gemma, you know what, we should do an entire episode just dedicated to Disney. And Gemma was like, hell yes. yes. <laughs> I'm a massive Disney nerd. I do watch a lot of Disney films as soon as they come out and I go to the theme parks and, yeah, try and keep up with it as many Disney things as possible. I know, like, uh, you know, the huge Disney movies that are amazing now, like they're still, like, well-known, were, you know, done in the 90s and... Like that's when, you know, we were born yeah. and we grew up with these huge movies to follow, which is just amazing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a, a Disney buff. Um, and I saw the, the new Aladdin. Yes. Did you enjoy it? Yes. It was fantastic. I know there was like a lot of criticism about whether Will Smith would be able to fill the shoes of um, Robin Williams as the genie. But honestly, like... The genie, the character of the genie is just such like a full-fledged character and it's so fun that mm. I feel like it's – I mean, you could stuff it up, but Will Smith did a really amazing job. Like yeah. he has the personality, the character. Definitely. Like it was it was fabulous. Yeah, and Will Smith hasn't been the only um, actor who has filled um, the genie's footsteps. Like with the musical that came out, there's been so many actors who've come in between yeah. to take on their own personal um, – ideas of what the genie is and they've all done such an amazing job yeah and i mean the genie is magic so you can kind of interpret it any way you want because what is magic to you like how are you going to portray this magical being that's mm. trapped inside a lamp like it's yeah. it's very fun and i definitely felt like i was sitting there having a lot of fun watching the film mm. so yeah 10 out of 10 i loved the aladdin film and i mean yeah i'm a bit biased because i do love disney but I don't know. There, there have been some flops for me. Read mm. the recent Disney's. Um, so yeah, like the remakes and stuff. Didn't really enjoy the new Cinderella that yeah. came out a few years ago. Mm. Um, I don't really remember what about it I don't like, which is kind of a bad sign because it just means that I didn't really remember anything about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about some of the new Disney stuff? Um, I'm always skeptical when they remake a Disney film. Um, because I'm always scared to see how much are they going to, you know, retain from the story and how much are they going to make it their own. Um, but recently with the new remakes, then more uh, focused on making it exactly the same as the originals, like with Beauty and the Beast and um, The Jungle Book and The New Lion King. Since that trailer's come out, everything um, looks exactly the same as the original animation. And I'm thinking to myself, why? what are they doing that's going to be different and why do we have to go and see the film again when it was already a well-made film? Mm, that's a very good point because I can see people going, yay, this is amazing. We get to see it revamped a bit with, you know, fresher animations, um, actors that we know and have, you know, relationships with, with other films. So I can understand the excitement behind it. But, yeah, at the same time, I am I'm interested to see how they can mix it up a bit. Um, mm. Aladdin, I felt, was – it was very the same. Mm. Um, the ending was a bit um, quick. Like okay. The resolution was quite – like it was just solved. Mm. Um, 
But I just felt like the Aladdin story is just so like, I don't know. Yeah. The characters are really developed. And, and the music's pretty iconic too. Yeah, definitely. And um, what do you think of the new music has, that's been brought into the Aladdin film? Mm. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't mind it. Um, I could definitely tell that the the music that you could tell f- was that was from the previous ones were the more stronger scenes for me, just because I have that association with it. Yeah. Um, I think there was like yeah, one of the new songs was what, something that Jasmine was singing. Yeah. And and it wasn't done by Alan Menken either. It was done with other um, musicians or composers who've done the same music for The Greatest Showman and uh, Dear Evan Hansen and um, La La Land. I just felt, I mean, like, it was nice to see that, like, Jasmine had this, like, really, like, she sang the song, like, a couple of times throughout the film. Um, So it kind of, the music played with her character development. So it was important for that. And I definitely appreciated that because it just meant that you as an audience member got to know the princess a little bit more than just seeing her in, you know, the animation film where she's just this princess who's unhappy and trapped. Yeah. And escaping to the village to get, you know, some excitement. Um, so the song definitely gives her a bit of power. Mm. Um, maybe I need to see it again. Okay. <laughs> I'll see it again. Okay, that's a good <laughs> but, excuse. Yeah. But yeah, like the music was great. Um, it's just, you know, the ones that you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, that just like, I had a little like twang in my heart. Yeah. You know, when the music played that I was familiar with. Mm. And I think that's why it's, you know, people are very excited about it because it brings back this nostalgia. Um you are but yeah I don't know I think there's always really fresh stuff like yeah. because society is changing and what is important to society now is different to what it was before in those films yeah and I it's, it's good to have a fully developed female character yeah in the film like it is super important definitely because um, females are like demographic watching it yeah probably even more no it's 70% yeah so 70% are females watching it so you need to have fully developed female characters yeah and I think yeah by having that extra song for Jasmine definitely gave her a bit more oomph to her character and you could really feel her emotions and her power as well which was pretty awesome Um, but let's talk about like mm, a bit of some like fun facts about Disney. Yeah, yeah, give me some. Yeah, so I was trying to find some cool stuff about Disney, and I kind of did a bit of. I was doing a bit of history notes on Walt Disney himself, but I kind of felt like they weren't as interesting as just like seeing the development of like how many brands Disney has picked up now. Yeah. So because a lot of people just think Disney is this you know movie production company that just pumps out animation after animation it's not just that there's a whole lot more no and i feel like we often kind of forget that oh shit there are like so many disney parks around the world so not only is it just you know 
a thing that you're watching on TV. It's actually an experience. So you can go be on these rides and it's all by Disney. Like it's just yep. fantastic. Yeah. And also over the years they have just collected so many other businesses. They've just bought so many brands yeah. that you're not aware of. Yeah. Uh, one of them, fun fact, so they bought the American Broadcasting Company. Yeah. And that after buying that, um, ESPN, like the, the the sports network came with it. So all of a sudden Disney was managing a sports network, which is one of the most valuable media companies in America. Like yeah. it's huge. They make so much money from that. And you don't really associate sports and Disney together. No, but uh, over the last couple of years when I've been going to the Australian Open too, I've noticed that there's a whole Disney section and you can buy Disney merchandising for the Australian Open that's associated with it. So you've got Mickey holding a tennis racket and you've got Mickey balls and all these types of things just to, uh, you know, associate themselves with the sport. And I uh, was freaking out a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh, like... Disney's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere now. It's crazy that like... Mickey Mouse is still so iconic. Like, it is iconic. I am sitting here right now wearing Minnie Mouse ears. Yeah. And um, Gemma is wearing a Mickey Mouse T-shirt. Of course. Yep. Like, this is Disney. Like, that one character, like, just broke through and it's still – it's, like, the icon of Disney. And it, it's crazy. They just keep rebranding it. Yeah. I think that is what has made them so successful, just being able to rebrand and they're buying these other brands mm. that have already done the branding for them. Yeah, definitely. Like, like <laughs> Lucasfilms with Star Wars. Yep. Um, Fantastic. Indiana Jones. They're remaking the Indiana Jones films. Are they? Yeah, they are. So that Steven Spielberg is directing sense. the next couple of uh, films and they were going to discuss more, I hope, during the D23 Expo that's coming out in August. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, so my god. So they're going to do Indiana Jones. Um the Little Mermaid, they're going to remake that soon. They've done – there have been quite a few, like, attempts to remake The Little Mermaid. Yeah, but it hasn't really no. picked up yet. But they have picked up another composer. Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be doing some music Ooh, okay, along good. with Alan Menken. Um, but they haven't announced any um, actors who are going to be playing any of the characters yet. It is, I know they – like, Disney is constantly making stuff, but – is it just me? I feel like the past few years has just been this huge wave, like a swell of just mm. all this new stuff from Disney. Mm. I don't know. Is it just me or do you feel the same way? Um, I guess there's, they're, like, they're still remaking quite a lot of things. So I feel like nothing's really particularly new. But since this revival era, we do have some new stories like Wreck-It Ralph and Zootopia. Mm. Um, they've, they're trying to do something different. Um, and they've been quite enjoyable films. I enjoyed Zootopia. Yeah, Zootopia was a really good film. I think they just are trying to more ch rebrand themselves to make them more accepted in today's society in regards yep. to the princesses. So they're rebranding a lot um, with the characters from Frozen. Um, they're becoming more powerful women. Moana as well. Yeah, She's not definitely. your typical uh, physical, uh, like this physical beauty that everybody sees usually in regards to, you know, models, like they seem to be skinny and, yep. you know, blonde, blue eyes, very perfect. Um, but now they're starting to accept, you know, the imperfections of perfection. See the line where the sky meets the sea, it calls me. And no one knows how far it goes. If the wind in my sail on the sea stays behind me, one day I'll yeah. 
which is important to today's society. Yeah, definitely. And I think Disney is good at adjusting to the times. Mm. Um, like, because I know, like, in the the 80s and 90s, they were struggling to appeal with like teen audiences. Yeah. And parents, despite you know parents going with their children. Yeah. Um. So that's when they bought Touchstone Pictures, and they yeah. started like you know making films like The Sister Act. We're terrible. <laughs> this is gonna be hell. Tell me about it. We can rock this place. Um, Dead Poet Society. Captain, my captain. Sit down, Mr. Anderson. Oh, really? That's Disney yep, too? That's Disney. I never knew that. Yep. And um, what else did they do? They did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah. That's which is like, it's quite animated, but it's a bit more adult. Yeah, it's of course. way more adult, like Jessica Rabbit. And they bring in all these Looney Tune uh, characters, which are a little yeah. bit more adults than the typical Disney characters. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, a lot of people just associate Disney with just children's movies. But mm. no, after buying Touchstone's pictures, like, it's so cool. Like, Dead Poet Society is one of my favourite films of all time. Yeah. And it was like, Disney is, like, yeah. under it. Like, I did not think about that. And they're talking about very dark themes as well. Like oh, for sure. suicide in there. Yep. Yeah, and like things about conformity and Love, puberty. Yeah, definitely coming of age, just figuring out how to be creative in a world that's trying to put you in a box. So yeah, yeah, huge themes and the sister act as well. Like that oh is yeah, like <laughs> it's crazy. I I love the sister act as well, but it has some really good music in there too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Disney. I think yeah, it, it's slowly evolving. Um. But still, like, holding that integrity of what it is, which is, you know, all the animation, the music. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Cool. Um, but let's talk about, like, our favourite stuff from Disney. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, um, some of my f- well, my all-time favourite Disney film out of all the films is probably Lilo and Stitch. Um, I don't know why um, I'm so gravitated towards it, um, but there's just something so nostalgic about it. I think that's probably why I, I draw it to it so much because my family always sat together and watched that film. Um, I also really loved the slapstick comedy. It's very different compa- compared to your other Disney princess films. Yeah, um, definitely. And um, what was really good too is um, the main two characters, Lilo and Stitch, were both outcasts and they weren't considered to be um, perfect. But their um, imperfections are what makes them wonderful, beautiful characters that is so lovable for everybody. Um, and also what's really good too, it's um, one of those Disney films that has, you know, wonderful composition by Alan Silvestri, um, but they also have um, music by Elvis Presley scattered in between the mix. That's so cool. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, they have heaps of Elvis Presley songs. Like remember the <laughs> scene when Stitch is like dancing on top of the amp with the guitar? He's just singing some songs with that others. I've never noticed that. Yeah. Like I, I didn't. 
Well. Let's move on to step two. Elvis played guitar. Here. Hold it like this. Put your fingers here. See? Now you try. Is Lilo's um, favourite singer in the world or his, her, her favourite icon is Elvis Presley. Right. And so throughout the whole story, the songs are scattered throughout the film. That's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, so it's like, that, I don't know, parents would definitely appreciate that, watching it with their kids. Definitely. And um, it was really nice too that Alison Vestry also collaborated with Mark uh, Kali'i Homolao, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, but they were also playing traditional um, Hawaiian folk music as well. And, um, and he, they made some of the most iconic um, songs um, when they're all surf um, surfing together on that big wave yes. with Hawaiian roller coaster ride. I think that's a beautiful Disney montage. I love it when yeah you get the you get some cultural elements in the music yeah for the film yeah it's fantastic. Um, have you seen um, I think it's Kubo and the Two Strings? Yes. Great film. Have um the cover that uh, Regina, Regina Spector, Spector did with, with while my guitar gently weeps. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I have it on my Spotify because it's just got like the oh, it's just this is amazing. It's just got that like kind of yeah like the Orient um feel to this you know Beatles song. While my guitar gently weeps. And it's absolutely it incredible. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's amazing. And I love it when they do that with, with movies and they're adding in like these extra elements that, you know, really root it in the culture and the history and the context of what's going on. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. And I think Disney does that really well now with their latest films like Moana. Um, they bring in like, composers from the islands who are very you know uh well respected over there and they also collaborate with contemporary artists as well like Lin-Manuel Miranda to try and make it fresh and make um people you know understand it without you know being so alienated from it to the point where they you know are not really too interested in it um they really try their best to you know make everybody love and enjoy it and give it a contemporary feel um what else oh who who else is a really good composer at the moment for Disney. Um, Hans Zimmer has done quite a lot for yeah. The Lion King. Yep. And um, he also did the music for Pirates of the Caribbean. And that music is so iconic. It's so iconic. And it's yeah. It's incredible. And the music's completely different to the ride because the movie is based off a ride in Disneyland. Yeah, I've been on it. Yeah, and it's completely different to what the actual film is. Yeah, it's it's such a strange ride. Like you're literally just like on this boat and you're just like floating through. Yeah. And the Pirates of the Caribbean, it's freaky. And they're just singing the one song, Hi Ho, A Pirate's Life For Me. Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. We pillage, we pillage. 
Yeah, and that's kind of the whole basis of it all. And they've just created this whole story based on this one song. And then they've got like different theme tunes in there and love stories and different relationships. And heaps of sequels. <laughs> and heaps of sequels, yes. I think they're going to stop now, are they? I hope so because I'm I'm I've I'm kind of done with it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I just like rewatching them. Yeah, and now I'm like I'm done. Yeah, like I don't. It doesn't need to be done again. No, I think they should have stopped at two. Really. Yeah. Yep. There, there was the one where like, I don't know. There was the one where, like, David Jones Locker or something. Yeah, that's Is that number, number two. two? Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> See, I don't even really remember the ones after because they didn't make an impression on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a cool moment where Johnny Depp had like really cool eye makeup and it looked like he had his eyes open, but then he opened his eyes. That's number two. Is it number two? Yeah, it's number okay, two. Okay, guys, <laughs> number two is the best one. Just saying. <laughs> okay, I don't even I don't even know if I've seen number three, and I think there's number four as well. Yeah, four, fifth as well. Is there five? Yeah, so <gasps> they did overkill. Dead men definitely. tell no tales. I think was number five. Okay. I can't remember now. All of them are practically the same now. Was number two with the kraken as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Number two was great. Yep. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> number one was fantastic though as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it was nominated for best picture at the Oscars as no well. No wonder. No yeah, wonder. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your favorite Disney soundtrack then? Ooh, okay, yeah. Um, I think it would have to be like either Monsters, Inc. or the Aristocats. Like, actually, like, when I was just looking through my list yeah. before we started recording, I was like, the Aristocats, I watched over and over again. Yeah. Because of the music. Yeah. And it's it's incredible, like, I don't know, and the cats, like, everything about it mm. is just fantastic and it's all upbeat. Yeah. And I think it's just very iconic as well. Like, you can hear it and you'll be like, huh, I do know that. Like, yeah. everybody wants to be a cat. Yeah. Like, but I don't think it's as well known, like... The Aristocats, like people always remember Peter Pan, like yep. Tarzan, all the princessy movies. Yep. But Aristocats, I think that that's probably like the next best kind of like animal-based yeah. Disney movie besides like, you know, Lion King, like that's a huge one. But Aristocats was really fantastic. Yeah, well, the Bronze Age is when the Aristocats were made and during yes. that time um, – that's when Walt Disney died. So that's also mm. when the animation studios didn't really know what to do then yeah. and they didn't know if they were going to continue doing Walt's ways or if they were um, trying to do different things. So they had the Aristocats during that time um, but they also had other things like the Rescuers Down Under, the Fox and the Hound, the Black Cauldron and mm. the Great Mouse Detective and all those stories are a lot more darker than what the original Walt Disney yeah. stories were meant to be. Um, For sure, like Aristocats... Like, the start is, like, the butler trying to drown these cats. Yep. Like, it's actually quite dark. Mm. And The Black Cauldron, I I watched that a lot. Um, a lot of people don't don't know of it, actually, at Out all. Out of all the Disney films I've watched, that's the one film that I have not seen. It is very dark. Yeah. 
there's like a skull evil king and he is absolutely terrifying. Mm. And once again, it's like about trying to like kill this like pig. Yeah. That's like a prophecy pig or something. And yeah. you're like, what the what the hell? <laughs> like, and I remember watching it being terrified. Mm. But I don't know. I was like a weird child and I loved that shit. <laughs> I loved being like the darker stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, and the rescuers as well um, is a bit darker because it's about this orphan child who's basically being forced to go down into a well and basically find a jewel for this lady. Now, my dear, you are going to find the big shiny diamond for your Auntie Medusa, aren't you? Yeah. And she's risking her life. Like, she's mining. This child is mining for a jewel. Yeah. For this, like, evil woman. Mm. And, yeah, these rescue a little mice people are trying to save her. And it's really beautiful in the end. Um, but, yeah, like, you can definitely tell that it kind of shifted away from being, like, magical and, you know, heartwarming to a little bit, yeah, a little bit darker. Mm. But I, but I love I love those movies, actually, considering that, you know, they're not the most popular, but I really did enjoy The Black Cauldron and Aristocats. Mm. Yeah, amazing. And Aristocats has an amazing soundtrack, yeah. even though it is kind of dark at the start. Yeah. The soundtrack is quite light. Yeah. And I think that's a good contrast. So they did well with that one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's my opinion at yeah. least. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I talked about Mon- Monsters, Inc. Yes. Renny Newman. Like... Great composer. So catchy. So yeah. catchy. And... Just like the story is is amazing as well, and yeah. it's about um, it's it, you know you think it's just about like monsters and trying to scare people, but it actually teaches you like to be humble and to be kind, yeah. and that's how you can get up in the ranks at work, you know. And yeah, definitely, and I think that's why Disney were so um, obsessed with Pixar's storytelling because it's completely different to what Walt Disney ever did mm. and why they wanted to buy the company because it was just a new form of stero- storytelling that everybody yeah. loved and adored. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're creating as many new stories as they possibly can at the moment. I remember Peter Doctor announcing that they are no longer going to be making any prequels, sequels or any remakes of their own animations. They're all going to make original content since John Lasseter's left. He's yeah now enforcing that it's all just going to be original stories. I think people definitely appreciate that as well because, yeah, I feel like all these remakes are great, but as a viewer, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to get sick of going and seeing remakes, yeah. you know? Like yeah. I want those fresh stories. I yeah. want something new. Yeah. I think Tangled was was great. Yeah. It was kind of a remake, Tangled, because it was like kind of like Rapunzel, but it was a, an original kind of story. Yeah. Well, it was a story that Walt Disney has always wanted to make, but they could never achieve it through animation. Mm. So right, since yeah, they started, hair. yeah. So since they started doing three D animation, um, they realized that they can actually achieve one of Walt Disney stories through computer generation. You know. Did um did Disney did Disney do Disney <laughs> um did Disney do Brave? Pixar did Brave. Yep. Uh, so mm. technically it is Disney. Yeah, like but, under Disney, um, but, but Pixar. Yep, that was the first time they made their own Disney princess. Yeah, because I remember like reading an article about the animation in Brave, mm. and like they her hair. Yeah. Like she's got like this beautiful, luscious, bouncy hair, and like mm. every single strand of hair, like had to be like 
you know, animated with precision. Yeah. So much work. And I think, though, without Tangled, they wouldn't have had the technology in order to do Brave. Um, so uh, Disney have been trying to, you know, make some new ideas in order to help them make better things later on in the future. Um, like even with Frozen as well, it took so long for them to even make the film. I think it was about 60 odd plus years since they were trying to make the original Snow Queen film. Oh yeah, and can you tell me about the the fun fact that you, we were talking about before about Frozen in terms of the character development when they were in production? They changed like some oh, of the yes. characters. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the writers of, um, or the composers of um, Frozen are Christian Anderson Lopez, and, uh, Lopez, Robert Lopez, and Christopher Beck, um, and they were in the writing process for uh, for the movie, and they wrote a song for Elsa, but Elsa was originally um, a nemesis character, and they started creating the song "Let It Go." And when they performed it to the Disney company, they loved the song so much that they thought it wasn't going to work well with the Nemesis character. So they re-transformed the story to fit within that song. And I'm glad they did because they've made the most iconic Disney song of all time, Let It Go. Like, Yeah. And just the movie itself as well. Like it's about the relationship of two sisters. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's not nemesis it's not like women <laughs> fighting <laughs> other yeah. women it's about you know coming together and blood is thicker than water yeah and, you know not falling for that stupid prince that you sing one song with and fall in love yeah. with <laughs> and i love that they kind of take a stab at themselves for you know um saying that you know in previous movies that they will fall in love with them while they're singing a song sleeping beauty they literally meet in the woods yeah and then he's like Hey, yep. let's sing a song. I'm in love with you. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been dreaming about you. You're the girl of my dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just like, yeah, cool. That's not creepy. Yeah. And they end up, you know, getting married and live so happily strange. ever after. Yeah. So strange. I'm awfully sorry. I didn't mean to frighten you. Another soundtrack that I uh, really, really love um, from Disney is um, the Tarzan soundtrack, Phil Collins. Yes. Yes. And it's a really good pairing because being in the jungle you associate you know drums and phil collins at the time was considered to be one of the best percussion players and singers of all time so bringing that all together was just perfect and his voice is just amazing yeah and it's it's iconic as well yeah so putting that in a disney film very very smart because mm. now whenever i hear phil collins i immediately go Oh, I remember Tarzan. Yeah. Phil Collins was in Tarzan. And yeah. I'm thinking about Tarzan and I want to go watch it. It's mm. very, very, very smart. Mm. And I think without discussing Disney soundtracks, he can't even forget to mention Alan Menken he's practically transformed the whole Disney brand himself like he's made Disney pretty iconic now with all of his songs 
now every song that you sing now it's probably an Alan Menken song like um the little mermaid and tangled and oh my gosh there's so many that's in the renaissance i'm looking at my notes here beauty and the beast um hercules um mulan as well um just so many great iconic disney songs all from that era yes genuinely he is the man who wrote the soundtracks to our childhood i alan menken he's done such an amazing job with disney I found this amazing uh, 10 minute medley of Alan Menken just playing the piano with all of his songbooks that he that he's written for Disney and I'm going to put it at the end of the podcast um because it's 10 minutes long but if you listen to it it's just it's really really cool to listen to all of the songs that he's written for these films he's just a powerhouse of of musical talent and knowledge so yeah definitely um give that 10 minute medley a listen at the end of the podcast because alan menken is amazing He's a very clever man, that Alan Menken. He's like Mr. Melody. Whenever he would send in a song on Beauty and the Beast or Hunchback or some of the Aladdin songs, you can't get them out of your mind. There's no antidote for them except another Alan Menken song because they're so gettable and singable. Alan, in my estimation, is one of the greatest melody writers of our time. Alan Menken, I think, will be forever associated with a kind of an amazing renaissance in, in animation, particularly in the form of a musical. You have to realize the musical was completely dead on Broadway with a few exceptions. And I think Alan felt like one of the ways that musicals could live on was in this art form of animation, which at its time was kind of dead and being reborn. And so with his work on Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, Pocahontas, so many other movies, I think he brought back the idea of musicals to the movies. Percussion. Thank you so much for joining me, Gemma. Thank you so much for asking me to come back. I had such a great time. Yeah, we just talked about what we loved about Disney. Yeah. Which is great. It's a good excuse. It really is. And everybody loves hearing about it as well. Yeah. <laughs> because as you're listening to this, you're probably thinking of your own favourite Disney films. And even if it wasn't, you know, a huge impact in your childhood, like everyone still knows about it. Mm. Everybody knows that it's there. You know the characters whether or not you're obsessed <laughs> like us or not. Like it's just, it's a huge part of, you know, being a 90s kid and growing up with Disney and yeah, just the whole 20th and 21st century is just great. Mm. It's full of Disney. It's full of love and stories that are magical. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go now and I'm probably going to go watch Aladdin for the second time again. Yes. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Instagram under the name Soundtrack Strikes Back. We're also uploaded on anchor.fm if you've missed any of our past episodes. Now, as promised, here's 10 minutes of Alan Menken playing a medley of all of his songs that he's written for Disney. Enjoy. Um, all right, here.
but I'm dating a semi-sadist. So I got a black eye and my arms in a cast. Still, that thing was a cutie. Well, if not, he's got inner beauty. And I dream of a place where we could be together at last. A matchbox of our own. A fence of real chain link. Grill out on the patio. Just both all in the sink. A washer and a dryer and an ironing machine. In a trash house that we share. Somewhere that's green. Neither one prepared 
Thank you guys. Pleasure. What a pleasure.